and I'm ready to party with the best of them. And I'm going down to the river. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hello, hello, hello. We're back in the studio. Yes, it is our second installment of August Down the Aisle. Uh, I'm Christina. I'm Mo. And this is Movies That Raised Us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're super excited to be back with another wedding-themed film for you. Yeah, this one was like the film I was most excited to do this month. Yeah, this is the one that you were like, I need Bridesmaids to be in the I was like, I don't care (laughs) if anyone else likes this movie. Oh, it's great. It's a great movie. Um, But yeah, in case you couldn't tell, today we are doing Bridesmaids. We're very excited. What year did this movie come out? Do you remember? 2011. Only 11 years (laughs) ago. I can't hear that. I can't know that. But (laughs) You know, we're going to focus in on this movie. We're going to zero in. So we have an amazing movie. It was co-written by Kristen Wiig and Annie Momolo. And I did read in like some fun facts that um, Kristen Wiig was doing SNL Mm. and Annie was in LA and they would get together and like read drafts of the script and stuff often with Judd Apatow. Yes. Just the casual friend Judd Apatow like reading your script. (laughs) He did. He did produce this movie, which I actually didn't even know nice. until yesterday when I was just kind of reading about uh, the movie in general. But it was a absolute smash at the box office. Let oh, me yeah. throw some numbers your way. So we had a budget of thirty-two point five million and a box office of two hundred and eighty-eight point four million doll hairs wow and according to rebel wilson you know how many doll hairs she got 3500 yeah (laughs) which i'm like you weren't even famous then it's true this was because wasn't pitch perfect like 2012 honestly i'm not a pitch perfect girly me neither we get we get it requested so much (laughs) i feel bad but i'm just not a pitch perfect girly but i'm like that movie's bad (laughs) Anyways, back to this movie. So obviously, it is starring Kristen Wiig. We also have Maya Rudolph, Rose Byrne, uh, Ellie Kemper, Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. Chris O'Dowd. Just like tons of super, super funny people in this film. Yeah. I also found out that John Hamm used to be like a drama teacher at John Burroughs School in Missouri. And Mm. Ellie Kemper was one of his students. Wild, because they also went to, you know, work together on uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt back in the day. Mm -hmm. But if you look up this movie, John Hamm is actually uncredited. And he specified that he would only take the movie if he was uncredited, because he thought that if his his name was like, you know, on the poster that people would think it was a much more serious film than it is because he had only really done dramas up until this point. Like he was doing Mad Men and stuff. So yeah, if you look up the Bridesmaids cast, John Hamm is not in it. Good. Good for (laughs) good for him. 
We also had Mindy Kaling audition for Lillian, Busy Phillips audition for Megan, and Rose Byrne initially auditioning for Lillian before being cast as Helen. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I could definitely see Mindy Kaling being in this movie, but I would, of course, like want her to be Annie just because she's mm. so funny. Yeah. And there's so many more opportunities for like comedy with uh Annie's role. Yeah, definitely. This actually really surprised me um, just because I feel like the Academy does not usually recognize comedies very much. Yeah. But this movie was actually nominated for two Oscars, one for Best Original Screenplay and the other for Melissa McCarthy for Best Supporting Actress. And while like Melissa McCarthy obviously had been, you know, acting and doing things for quite some time, like obviously Mm -hmm. Sookie and Gilmore Girls, But this, I feel like, really launched her into a new level of stardom that she was not in before. Oh, yeah. I also was looking at some of um, her husband's credits, and I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, my gosh, he's written and directed several movies where she's, like, the star, like, Tammy. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm just happy she was, like, recognized Mm because it's hard to go from, I think, like, sitcom to – to leading woman. Right. Does she have any Oscars? Has she won an Oscar yet? I'm pretty sure she was nominated for that movie. Um, fuck, what is it called? It was like a couple years ago. Can You Ever Forgive Me? That's the movie. It was about, it was about like for it was about like forgery. Like they were forging. Yeah. Like letters or something. Yeah, she fully was. I remember it was kind of like, gritty yeah and it was like a richard e grant movie as well yes and ben falcone was in it there you go that's so lovely that being said i do hope she gets an oscar Mm -hmm. i'm really excited for her to get more serious roles and to really like get to delve into all of the roles that she can play i do miss her being like this super hilarious comedian Mm -hmm. like i think this comedy in this movie was so funny just because she was so brutally honest Mm -hmm. and it doesn't even have to be like quirky like yeah played up comedy I just think she's like hilarious like I would see her do stand up you know oh absolutely yeah and lastly we just wanted to throw in that Paul Rudd is in a deleted scene of Bridesmaids oh my god (laughs) where he just has like a cameo as Annie's bad blind date wait but you did you see the scene? No, I haven't seen it, but it's in the deleted scenes on the DVD. But there is another you saw the setup though that Becca does for her. No. Oh fuck. Maybe did we watch different movies? Extended cut. <laughs> well, I know that I watched the unrated version. Oh, I did. Let me not. just check. Cause I watched it, I streamed it on uh, Crave, I believe. Let me just look at the cast list really quick. Oh, okay. So the deleted scene I saw is um, the guy who is Annie's um, blind date. The actor's name is Brian Petsos. So maybe there's another deleted blind date scene. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, yeah. We'll we'll have to we'll have to see when we go through the movie. Um, But before we do, shall we do a couple of reviews? Let's hit it. 
So our first review is from Kate and Kate sent us an absolutely incredible email that was so lovely and gave us like so much insight into who she is as a person. Thank you so much, Kate, for your wonderful, wonderful words. Thank you. For your montage, we wanted to go with something that was like really stylized. So we picked the song Just Died in Your Arms by The Cutting Crew. And I see this as like very much an, a dramatic kind of like 80s teen movie. And I think it's going to have a supernatural element because you've talked about um, being interested in writing about like supernatural horror. So I think that you have like a romance with somebody in your town and uh, there's something about them. It's, it's giving a little bit of Bella and Edward in the sense that like you can tell that they are not quite human, but you like, you don't know what it is Hmm. and you two agree to meet in like the middle of the night by this lake in your town and it's like a moonlit um, red flag <laughs> it's a moonlit night and there's fog creeping across and you make your way there and they're just standing there waiting for you and they reveal the true nature of what supernatural being they are whether they're a vampire i'm personally feeling like werewolf because the moon That's what Mm. I'm leaning towards. But, you know, you're a monster of choice. And uh, you just feel so relieved that they finally, like, revealed themselves to you. And uh, you're ready to then begin on this wild adventure together. Whoa. That's spicy. Very campy. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kate. We really, really appreciate the kind words. I also read your email. And, um, yeah. I really appreciated what you said. You, If you know, you know. Next up, we have Kelly L. And we gave you Life on Earth by Snow Patrol. It's like a really like beautiful, like deep song. It incorporates nature and like earth mm. in our experience of life. And I feel like it really goes well with Twilight. It also shares the name of a song on the twilight soundtrack i don't know if band of force has covered this song or if it's entirely different but basically what i imagine is you driving down a road at night maybe there are is like woods on either side of the road and you're thinking about the last couple of months maybe they were just like a difficult time and you decide that you're going to make some changes and so you get home maybe you have like a cup of tea and you got out a notebook and you start making like these goals and these things you want to do for yourself Mm. and you go to sleep that night and you buy a calendar the next day you put your calendar up and you you kind of start crossing off the days and as you cross off the days we kind of like it's one of those montages where we see the room around you change as well and maybe Mm. you've become more organized or like you wake up early now to go to the gym like just little like things that we see and at the end of like one of the months right you cross it off you just breathe this sigh of relief like you feel like a weight has been lifted off of your shoulders 
Well, thank you so much for the reviews. We're just doing two today, but we will continue on next week with more shout outs. And if you, listener, would like a little montage shout out, all you need to do is leave us a little five-star written review on Apple Podcasts, and we will shout you out in the next episode. Or if you're feeling like you want it in the written form, it is also one of the perks of becoming a patron on our Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon, and it is a bustling community. Mm -hmm. Um, People are really active in the Discord. You get an extra episode each month that you get to actually vote on and choose. Yeah. You also get access to our um, private close friends stories on Instagram. And we also chat with you in the Discord, so it's not just chatting with other listeners, but Mm -hmm. we also talk and you know, you kind of just like get to be part of the sleepover squad. It's really yeah. fun. It's super fun. I love logging on the Discord and seeing like everybody's oh conversations gosh, just creeping in the background. <laughs> same. Sometimes I'm like out at, at night, like literally like at a bar or something. I'm like, what's happening on the Discord? <laughs> what's everybody talking about? Yeah, it's super fun. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I say something and people are like, okay, anyways. And I'm like, I'm like, sorry, sorry. I'm being creepy. <laughs> Yeah, we we really love it. It's super fun. So come join the party. Uh, The link is in the show notes and also in our bio on every social media ever. And uh, without (laughs) ever, ever. (laughs) And without further ado, shall we head into it? Yes, let's get it going. We open up, and it is a very fancy house. Think like modern home that's really all i have to say modern home yeah (laughs) it's like multi-storied not to mention uh twilight for the third time in this episode already but think like the cullen house yeah that's a good yeah that's a good point so we go inside right annie played by Kristen wig very exciting Mm -hmm. is (laughs) my dream (laughs) having sexual relations with ted (laughs) Played by John Hamm, the uncredited John Hamm appearance. <laughs> and it looks horrendous. Like, it's like so much like jackhammering. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good, yeah. And and her legs are like flailing. And then at one point, he's like breathing, like, <gasps> and her hair is like being blown into her face. Yeah. It's like, and she's like, let's just like slow it down. Let's slow it down. He's like, like, no, I want to go fast. Yeah. (laughs) Like a a fucking child. It's so so awful. And in the morning, Annie like sneaks into the bathroom. She puts on some makeup. Very early relationship Mm. um, type of deal. I've never done this, but I've definitely like slept in my makeup at a guy's house so that I would wake up on like, purpose where yeah like wearing makeup when I should oh have just gosh. like brought my own cleanser and you know avoided all that but god forbid mm-hmm. he see me without eyeliner oh no <laughs> like when I would go over to <laughs> redacted <laughs> redacted <laughs> I would literally wake up like raccoon eyes be like mm-hmm. you don't have any cleanser like I'm screwed right mm-hmm. like i can't wash that off with water like it's not gonna come no, off yeah and now i get to go to work looking like insane like i'm homeless so oh yeah when i was seeing 
redacted. <laughs> um, I would like literally go to his place from our place. So it's not like yeah. I, it wasn't planned. But would I bring anything with me? No. It's so difficult out here. Yeah. I mean, honestly, whenever I would sleep over someone's house, I'd be like, I need to get the fuck out of here because I'd never, I like feel so uncomfortable using the bathroom at mm. people's places. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> what a nightmare, am I right? Mm-hmm. So anyways, <laughs> she sneaks back into bed with her like, you know, little makeup on and Ted wakes up and like touches her arms and she's like, oh, oh, I was having a nightmare. Oh my God, you woke me up just in time and like hugs him. And he's like, oh, you look beautiful. And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm such a mess. Like, and um, Ted is like, oh, you slept over. I thought we had a rule against that. I would die. I would literally <laughs> die. I, I definitely have more self-respect now. But if someone told that to me in college, I'd be like, Okay, why don't I jump out the window? Let me fly directly into the sun. How about that? <laughs> really jarring. And mm-hmm. he's like, LOL, JK. You know, I like hanging out with you. Um, it's just like a lot is coming up at work. I don't want to make promises I can't keep. And she's like, totally, totally. I don't want a relationship either unless you wanted that. And then maybe I'd be like, oh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? So they kiss again and Ted is like, oh, wow, this is so awkward i really want you to leave like i don't know how to say it without sounding like a dick he's so awful so awful next scene she's leaving right yeah and she like tries to open the front gate which of course isn't opening so she's like fuck it like just starts climbing over and and she's on top like straddling the gate it opens because Mm -hmm. someone someone is coming into the driveway one time i was leaving a guy's place and I went downstairs, but I guess I because it, it was an elevator, so then I got downstairs, but it was like in like the parking lot underneath the building, and I was like, I don't know how to get the fuck out of here. I don't want to like call this guy and be like, Hey, I'm trapped in the parking lot under your building. Wow! <laughs> so I had to like roam around until I saw somebody like going up some stairs, and then I managed to leave. You're skulking around the basement. <laughs> I was like, where the fuck am I? I'm like somewhere on Rivington. I had no clue. And then I made it home. On Rivington? Yeah. In Manhattan? Yeah. And he, there was a garage in his basement? Mm-hmm. Who the fuck <laughs> was that? Was it John Hamm? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no, it was not John Hamm. Well, you should have kept dating him because he must have been like a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Anyways, enough about my former life. <laughs> yeah. So we then get some shots of Milwaukee. That is where the majority of our story is set. It's like in Milwaukee and Chicago. Yeah. And uh, in a park, Annie and her best friend Lillian, played by Maya Rudolph, are watching a workout class from a distance, uh, which is taught by Terry Crews. Yeah. Because they don't want to pay for it. So they're like behind a tree and doing this like boot camp workout class. Of course, he notices them, and he's like, oh, if you want to take this class, you have to pay, like, the rest of these bitches. And then they start, like, pretending that they're dancing in the park and not totally scamming on his class. (laughs) They end up, like, running away, and they're like, sorry, Rodney, we're on a budget. He's like, come on, it's only 12 bucks, as they peel out of there. 
Oh my gosh. So we then get this scene between Annie and Lillian. They go for breakfast together and Annie talks about how she's really glad they got to do this because they haven't seen a lot of each other lately since Lillian has been in Chicago a lot. It's closer to work and also that's where her boyfriend lives. And, you know, they talk about how she's been staying over at Dougie's house a lot lately and Annie asks how it's going between the two of them. But Lillian says it's fine, but he's been kind of distant lately. He's been calling her dude a lot. (laughs) Lillian then asks Annie what she did last night. And Annie does not want to tell her. And then eventually it was like, yeah, uh, I was hanging out with Ted last night. We just had some fun. Mm -hmm. And Lillian says that... uh, She doesn't like this. She especially doesn't like that Annie always hates herself every time after she sees him. And it's almost like she's doing it because she wants to feel bad about herself. Yeah, that stinks. Yeah. And Annie's like, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Like, it was fun. And Lillian's like, oh, my God. Like, you had sex. And she's like, we had an adult sleepover. And Lillian's like, oh, did you let him uh, sleep over in your mouth? And she's like, he just kept putting it, like, near my face. Like, I didn't want to look it in the eye. <laughs> and Lillian's like, just slap it. Slap it away. And um, Lillian's like, really, Ted is cute and everything. But, like, he makes you feel like shit. You're a total catch. And any guy would be psyched to be your man. So she suggests making room for someone who's actually nice to her. Good call. Yeah. And Annie's like... You know, he's actually been honest with me about what he wants, and it's casual. And I'm like, ladies, Mm. even if a man says, let's be honest, like, I want to be honest with you, um, I can't have a relationship, just because they're honest doesn't mean they're not being a jerk. Especially when they're like, I don't want a relationship, but then all of their actions don't line up with that. Yeah. The worst. The absolute worst. I'd rather you be like a dick, (laughs) truly. I know. So, yeah, she's in denial about that. And (laughs) Lillian's like, he told you that you needed dental work. Like, that's not being nice. And Mm -hmm. Annie opens her mouth and she has like chocolate on one of her teeth. And she's like, I don't need dental work. (laughs) Lillian joins the gag and they're like, you don't need it. Like, and they both have just like chocolate all over their teeth it's very Mm. funny i do like that we get this scene like super early on to kind of like suss out the vibe between the two of them like it gives us a lot of insight into the fact that they've known each other for a long time that they Mm -hmm. have been really close but like not as much lately totally and also that they are very like honest with each other in like talking about this kind of stuff so and we also get to see like them joking around i think it's like a very well done setup that doesn't feel like exposition, exposition. Yeah. So after breakfast, Lillian and Annie walk down the street and they actually pass by Annie's old bakery called Cake Baby, which is clearly like Oof. abandoned. It's an empty storefront. And Lillian is like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry. We should have taken a different street. But Annie is like, no, I'm the one who opened a bakery during the recession. What are you going to do? It kind of makes you think because, like, the recession was in 2008. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm how long did – was Cake Baby open? Like, I wonder if it was, like, open for, like, five, ten years or – Well, so this is 
this is 2011 it came out it's probably oh, shot fuck. in 2010 so like that's like only a three-year gap so okay. my guess is You're that so it was right. open for like a year year and a half and it's been a couple years since then is my guess i for some reason <laughs> thought that this was 2011 for a second it, yeah but. it was oh wait sorry for some reason i thought that I like couldn't do math for a second. <laughs> like that's that was the real issue. But mm. no, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So if we cut to Annie's current job. She works at a jewelry store called Choldecki. Choladecki. It's just like you know a family jewelry store in mm-hmm. Milwaukee. Um. And she helps this couple pick out an engagement ring. And she's like, "Oh, it's so nice that you're making the decision together. Like you must really." love each other but that will go away and their faces drop and she's like you cannot trust anyone ever even if you're sleeping next to them it's it's scary yeah it's scary out here so the couple's like okay, okay bye like we're, we're just gonna look around and they leave of course and don comes up to annie and he's like hey you're selling lifelong happiness not telling them how your boyfriend left you. Mm. And he also tells Annie that the only reason she has this job is because her mom is his sponsor in AA. I wouldn't say that Annie is, like, thriving at this moment in her life. I wouldn't say that either. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So Annie gets home to her apartment where uh, her roommate's sister, Bryn, is watching Maury. And Bryn, played by Rebel Wilson... Mm-hmm. tells Annie that she got a free tattoo to get today from like oh a man out the side of his van and she lifts up her shirt to reveal this gigantic horribly infected tattoo of a Mexican drinking worm. It's so infected. Yeah, so infected. That's when her brother Gil comes over. He actually pulls Annie aside to let her know that he needs her rent check today. And Annie's like, oh, my God, yeah, I'm going to have the money so soon. Don't even worry about it. I'll get it to you ASAP. Meanwhile, Bryn is, instead of putting a bag of peas on her infected tattoo, is just mm-hmm. pouring the peas out of the bag uh, all over her back. So aye, aye, aye. killing it. <laughs> so that night, Annie goes over to Lil's with magazines and wine and Lil's like, oh, magazine and wine party. And she's like holding it very delicately. And she sits on the couch and she's like, oh, I'd love some apple. Would you love a bite of apple? And like throws her left hand, um, you know, in Annie's view. And she's like, what the fuck is that? And she's like, I got engaged. It happened last night. That's why Doug was acting weird. And Annie's like, oh, I just got hot. My like, stomach hurts. <laughs> Like, I can't believe it. And Lil's like, you have to be my maid of honor. Like, we can plan everything together. And she asks Annie if that's okay because she knows she's going through, like, a tricky time right now. And Annie's like, oh, my gosh, stop. I'm more than happy to do it. So Doug calls Lil and Annie starts, like, giggling uncontrollably. and (laughs) Just a panic response. Yeah, just panic. And then she spots this photo of her and Lil from when they were kids and kind of like pan into the photo. Yeah, it is pretty wild um, that only now 
will I be going to like my first ever friend's wedding next year because our friends oh my god Sammy and Kennedy got engaged and that's like my first friend wedding yeah I mean Phil's had a couple of mm-hmm. friend weddings so I've been like a uh you know companion there but mm-hmm. yeah mm. the next day Annie goes to visit her mom Annie's like, okay, mom, it's time to get dressed. We're going to be late for Lillian's engagement party. And her mom says that she actually can't go because she forgot that she signed up to speak at AA. And Annie is like, mom, you're not supposed to go to those. You're not an alcoholic. Oh, my God. And her mom is like, well, that's just because I've never had a drink. So her mom apparently goes to AA because she finds it inspiring. And then, you know, Fully tells somebody's story using his full name, even though obviously it's supposed to be anonymous, and uh, talks about this guy who how he started blowjobbing for crack and all this stuff, and oh then he hit bottom, and she thinks that maybe Annie has hit her bottom, and that's a good thing because now there's nowhere for her to go but up. So Annie's like, okay, that's great, mom. Uh, I guess I'm going to the party by myself. And her mom is like, oh, well, I go everywhere by myself. Thanks to that whore, Barb, which is her (laughs) ex-husband's wife of like a decade. And mom asks Annie if she's sure she doesn't want to move in with her. And Annie's like, I am absolutely sure. And her mom tells her to just think about it. So Annie drives into Chicago for the party. It's like at this super fancy country club. Mm. And Lynn's like, oh my God, isn't it incredible? Like turns out Dougie's boss is a member here and his parents and Dougie. And it's like, me too now, I guess. And she's like, let me show you the rest of the bridal party. So we get introduced to Lillian's cousin, Rita. She has three boys and she like can't stand them. Mm-hmm. Um, Becca, her friend from work, is recently married, and they're like, "Yeah, we had our our honeymoon was at Disney World," <laughs> and they like finish each other's sentences. And then Dougie's sister Megan, played by Melissa McCarthy, and she's like, "Yeah, I just got some pins in my legs, and uh, you know, I'm healing. I'm healing. I fell off a cruise ship." And she's like, <laughs> "Oh my god, that's that's." awful i'm so sorry and she's like yeah yeah it's terrible it's terrible and i hit a lot of stuff on the way down a lot of railings broke a lot of shit but i met this dolphin on the way down and i looked into his eyes and she starts to like get emotional and she's like oh i'm i'm going on and on who's is this your gentleman oh it's so nice to meet you and and he's just like i i don't know that man oh yeah and she's like well good because i'm gonna climb him like a tree Jesus. So finally, Annie meets Helen, who is Dougie's boss's wife. And (laughs) Rose Byrne walks over in a gown. Like, imagine wearing a gown to someone's engagement party. Like, the audacity. Absolutely insane. Helen talks about how she and Lillian are just, like, joined at the hip since Dougie and Perry are so close Annie is, like, clearly threatened. But I'm like, girl, you're already the maid of honor. Like, don't let it get to you. Spoiler alert, she does. So Lillian's dad. Uh, Immediately. Yeah. So Lillian's dad makes his toast, and then he introduces Annie, the maid of honor, to say a few words. 
So Annie says that she's so happy to be a part of this celebration and, you know, just keeps it short and sweet and wishes the couple a lifetime of happiness. After her speech, Helen gets up to give a little speech of her own. And she's like, Lillian, do you remember that trip that we took to Miami with the boys and how you and I just like bonded so deeply and you made me realize that I can trust people again? You're my best friend, and I'm so proud of you. Jesus. And Dougley, sorry, inside joke, you better <laughs> not keep Lillian on a leash because I need my drunken Saturday nights at Rock and Sushi, okay? So everyone, raise a glass to the couple of the decade, Doug and Lillian. And Annie is like, are you fucking kidding me? So she gets up. <laughs> She grabs the mic from Helen and she's like, Lillian, you are so special to me because we have known each other our whole lives. And I want to thank you for carefully selecting me (laughs) as your maid of honor. (laughs) You're like my sister and I love you. And (laughs) Helen gets up with a mic of her own. Yeah. How did she get the other mic? Yeah. Just out of fucking nowhere. And she's like, you know, it's so rare to connect with someone as an adult. And she then says this like Thai saying that translates to, you are a part of me, a part that I could never live without. And I hope and I pray I never have to. (laughs) (laughs) And so they just keep going back and forth. (laughs) I think the next time that um, Annie gets up, she's like, and um, you and I took Spanish in school together. So I just want to say... In la biblioteca yeah. <laughs> es ensalada amigas eh, ensalada azul por la vida gracias <laughs> like that's it. so they keep going back and forth that's what friends are for eventually the two of them end up singing that's what friends are for together it is through the worst times and the best, best times. times. it's so good i love that it just keeps on going because yeah with a joke like you do it you know comedy is the rule of threes you do it three times you do it more than that it's not funny but if you hang in there and you keep going eventually you'll make it through the threshold of cringe and it'll get back to being funny and they did that here I also just think Kristen Wiig has an amazing comedic timing. Oh, like, absolutely. It's just impeccable. Yeah. There are so many like smaller movies she's done that I really like, like Skeleton Twins. Um, there's another one where she wins the lottery. Mm. It's really good. She's been in some like um, kind of like more indie movies. Oh, uh, interesting. I recommend. Yeah. So after this fucking showcase. <laughs> As Annie is leaving the party, she's like, oh, my God, what is up with Helen? Like, you've only known each other for eight months and she's in your wedding. And Lillian's like, oh, you know, Helen is actually really cool. And, like, I really, really want you and her to hang out just one-on-one. Just get to know her. So Annie drives home. She's, like, imitating Helen and in the process ends up, like, (laughs) <laughs> She's like swerving her car all yeah. throughout the highway. Good thing they're in Milwaukee because mm-hmm. it's like no one's on the fucking road. But she gets pulled over and he makes her walk in a straight line. And she's like walking in a straight line. She's like, I'm I'm really not drunk. And he's like, OK, you'll stop walking when I say you stop walking. Mm-hmm. And she's like, could a drunk person do this? <laughs> da, 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 da. And she starts like 
doing some dance moves. And he's like, all right, I believe you, but I'm going to still have to give you a ticket because your brake lights are out. And she's like, oh, no, like, I'm so sorry. I'll get them fixed this week. He's like, well, I still have to give you a ticket. And she gets her license and registration. And he's like, oh, we live, like, really close by. Like, I'm over on Shelby. And she's like, oh, yeah, I used to have a, a bakery on your street. And he's like, cake, baby. I recognize you from the sign. And she's, like, kind of taken aback. Mm. And he's like, oh, yeah, I used to get served by this, like, tall, lanky guy with this wormy face. And she's like, <laughs> mm, that was my ex-boyfriend. But, yeah, he left when the business went under. So oh, my God. He's like, oh, what a dick. I'm glad I never tipped him. <laughs> it's like so good. He's so charming. And I love him in this movie. Yeah. I love him in this movie. It's so, he's so nice. Have you seen the movie The Incredible Jessica James? No. Oh, okay, he's also the love interest in that and he is just as like charming and endearing in that too. Uh. Yeah. I really like him. He's kind of giving me like a nicer Luke Danes quality. Mm, yeah, just the tiniest bit of curmudgeon, but also like very sweet. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rhodes, well, I don't even know if we know his name yet, but his name is Rhodes. And he looks at Annie's face and she's like, you know, fucking reminiscing about her failed business. And he's like, uh, you know what? He rips up the ticket and he's like, just get your taillight fixed and also gives her the card for his mechanic, who is his friend. He's like, you know, mention my name. You'll have a referral. And she thanks him and she's about to drive off. And he's like, we're not all bad. Actually, the rest of them are, but not me. I'm the best of them. (laughs) He has a really cute Irish accent. So he's like, oh, we're not all bad. Actually, I'm the best of them. Well, initially, like, this character was supposed to be American, but Chris O'Dowd mm-hmm. auditioned and they loved his, you know, natural accent so much that they were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's go for it. Let's fuck, fuck it. Whatever. Yeah. So Annie gets home and she looks at this framed article about, you know, her bakery opening from back in the day. And we get this really beautiful montage of her making herself a singular cupcake and doing this like very intricate, beautiful, like fondant flower on top. Does she just make one? It's just the one cupcake in the pan, which I just thought was such a striking image. I really love this montage. Um, I think it's so simple, but it just gives us so much insight into Annie. Mm -hmm. Especially the way that it's like decorated meticulously and – And then she just takes a big old bite of it. Mm -hmm. So Annie and Helen meet up at the club to play tennis. And Helen's like, oh, it's such a shame. Like Lillian couldn't join us. And Annie's like, oh, yeah, Lil isn't really into sports anyway. Like she's never been competitive ever since we were kids. And Helen's like, oh, well, she she certainly enjoys playing tennis now. (laughs) It's funny how people change. And Annie's like, hmm. I don't think people, you know, really change. And she's like, I think people, we're changing all the time. Every day we change. And she's like, but do we really ever change? And she's like, I think, I think so. (laughs) So they go back and forth. And then Helen's stepkids come over, (laughs) one of whom is Robbie from Victorious. Mm -hmm. And 
Alan's like, hey. And she's like, hey, Annie, these are my kids. And they're like, step. <laughs> Just immediately like step kids. <laughs> and she's like, where? they're so funny. Where are you guys going? And the daughter is like, we're going to the snack bar. And she's like, okay, you know, let me know if you need a ride later. And the, the guy's like, fuck off, Helen. And she's like, uh, okay, that's a quarter in the swear jar. <laughs> So Helen is like getting shit on, which mm-hmm. I do feel bad about because is she an annoying control freak? Absolutely, Absolutely. but she's not mean. Yeah. Those kids hate her. (laughs) Those kids absolutely hate her. And she's like, oh, my God, they're so cute. And Annie's like, yeah, really sweet kids. (laughs) Really sweet. Yeah, it's it's rough. There's definitely – I do like that we have the this little moment because this is really the only insight that we get into Helen's home life until – towards the very end where she talks about it a little bit more, which uh, I think is very telling to why she acts the way that she does. So the women then, you know, play their tennis game. It's like a doubles match and they're on opposing teams and they are being absolutely ruthless, taking no prisoners, just pelting each other with the balls. I was happy to see anyone. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) She She like bruised that woman up. Oh, absolutely. So after the game, Annie gets home and she sits down with her roommates and she's like, okay, the three of us live here. I think it's time for Bryn to start paying rent. It's not fair that I'm paying half when there's three of us. And Gil is like, oh, but she's on a tourist visa. She can't work. And she's like, I have no way of earning money unless I go and prostitute down the street. Hello, fellas. Here I am. Put your American sausage in my English muffin. <laughs> and he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying, but there's three people living here. And if you don't start paying, then you need to leave. And Gil is like, oh, is this about your diary? It turns out that Bryn read <laughs> Annie's diary, quote unquote, by accident, because at first she thought it was I a very was a sad, really sad handwritten, handwritten book. <laughs> But then I realized it was a diary given the mentions to Bryn and Gil. <laughs> and Annie's like, don't go in my room. <laughs> and Gil's like, hold on. I think before you start making claims like that, you should put a note on your door saying not to go in your room, read your diary, or try on your clothes. And Annie's just like, okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Perfect. I don't think that, like, Gil and Bryn are really necessary parts of the story. I think they could have been cut and it would have been fine. But I do enjoy the little interludes. But they're delicious. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yum, yum, yum. Yeah. It's so funny. So the next scene we have is Lil's bridal party just kind of going um, and hanging out together. And Annie arranges it. She takes them to a Brazilian restaurant. It's a little rough around the edges, mm. like, it doesn't look like a fancy restaurant. Helen is like, I don't think I've ever been to this part of town. But um, Lil is like, guys, Annie always like takes me to these places that are kind of out of nowhere, but it's always great food. Like, I trust her on this. And um, Annie's like, yeah, this is where the Brazilians come to eat. And um, in the restaurant, Lil does like a small toast to thank them for being a part of her bridal party. And 
Annie also thanks them. Um, she says something really thoughtful. She's like, you know, I'm excited to get to know you guys and um, just happy to have four new friends. Oh. Yeah, it was like a really sweet moment. And then Becca asks Annie if she has a date lined up for the wedding. And Annie's like, oh, no. And Becca's like, oh, my gosh, please, please, please let me set you up. Please. This part is not in my in my version, I don't think. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, yeah, because you don't see the date. Mm-hmm. But um, she's like, please, please, please let me set you up. Otherwise, if you go alone, people might think you're a prostitute. <laughs> so the waiters come over. They have all of this meat. Helen, however, does not take any of the meat. She's like, oh, I just don't want to be bloated before the fitting. And Megan is like, oh, I'm not worried about that at all. Physically, I don't bloat. It just doesn't happen. They're like, wow, you're really lucky. (laughs) And so Becca then turns to Rita and she's like, oh, my God, Rita, I can't wait to be married as long as you have and had kids. And Rita tells the story about how the other night she was slaving away, making a beautiful dinner when her youngest son comes in asking to order a pizza. And when she said no, he told her to fuck herself and he's nine. Oh, my God. And I'm like, having kids is a hard sell, you guys. It's a hard sell. (laughs) It's a hard sell. (laughs) The only thing that makes me want to have kids is watching um, those videos that are like the ASMR restocking videos on TikTok. Oh, my God. I have like 16 bags of like snack-sized fucking chips. And she's like putting them in her clear bins. And I'm like, looks like a blast to me. She's like, I have 84 juice boxes in the beautiful acrylic bins in her fridge. And I'm like, wow, that does sound nice. I would also love 84 juice boxes. Yeah, me too, too, girlfriend. (laughs) So while Lil is in the bathroom, Annie asks to chat with the ladies about the bridal shower. And she suggests a French theme because Lillian has always wanted to go to France. And she, like, mentions all these really beautiful details and, like, having like French pastries and stuff. Yeah, it's super thoughtful. Oh yeah, absolutely. And everyone loves her idea, but Helen is like, hmm, mm. don't you think the Paris theme is a little been there, done that? And she's like, I really feel like we can top it. So like, let's pitch some ideas. And Becca recommends a Pixar theme. <laughs> Megan is like, fight club, female fight club. Surprise, we beat the shit out of her. She'll never see it coming. <laughs> Rita's like, if we're being honest, I'm looking forward to the bachelorette party. (laughs) Basically, Annie says that they'll figure it out. And Helen says, you know, whatever they do, they need to make sure it's really special. And I'm like, it is special. Yeah. The idea was special. It sounded lovely. Precisely. So Annie takes the girls to uh, Belle en Blanc, which is like a very, very fancy dress shop boutique if you will annie like buzzes (laughs) if you will yeah the intercom and the employee is like oh do you have an appointment because the next available appointment is in seven weeks there are absolutely no walk-ins and then helen gets on the intercom and she's like whitney it's helen and she's like oh my god helen harris come right in so point one for helen they walk in Megan immediately burps very loudly. 
and apologize. And she's like, I'm not even sure what end that came out of. And they're all like, okay, moving right along. <laughs> they start looking at these very expensive dresses. It's all like couture. Mm-hmm. But Helen immediately goes over to this one purple dress and she's like, oh my God, it's a Fritz Bernays. Ladies, I think this is it. I don't think we can do any better. And Annie looks at the price tag and she's like, oh, Helen. Uh, it's $800. And Helen's like, oh my God, it's on sale. Bro. So Annie, you know, starts looking around at the other dresses until she finds this like short, light pink dress. And, you know, it's a little bit more in the price range. So she's like, hey, Lillian, what what about this one? It's really pretty, right? You know, we wouldn't want to upstage Lillian on her big day. And Lil is like, oh, do not worry about that at all. Because guess who Helen is BFFs with? It's Lady St. Petswa Juju, <laughs> and she is designing Lillian's dress. <laughs> the delivery is too good. Juju. <laughs> so Helen's like, let's not decide anything. Let's let our bodies decide. Let's look around a bit. And she goes, ladies, start your engines, as in ladies, start your engines. And I was like, dear Lord, this woman is so annoying. Yeah. Uh, so um, they all end up like you know putting on their respective dresses they line up Annie looks a bit sweaty mm-hmm. Megan's stomach is like gurgling like crazy and they stand in front of Whitney and Helen is like oh, we all look beautiful ladies but I think it really has to be the Fritz Bernays and Annie says that her dress would look great on anyone. Like you can twirl in it, you can move in it, and it's a great price. So the women are looking worse for wear. Mm-hmm. Rita is like sweating. Megan is red. And then Whitney's like, well, I might have something that will help you decide. I actually found an old um Petsoise dress <laughs> that we have, and I and I had Lil try it on. So this is what you could be standing next to. And like she comes out in this amazing gown and Annie's like, oh, you look. And then Megan burp farts and like almost pukes. <laughs> like it's like a sight to see. It's like mm-hmm. very visceral. Mm-hmm. And then Helen is like, oh, no, maybe you got food poisoning from that restaurant. And Annie's like, no. No, that's not true because I had the same thing and I feel fine. And Becca almost throws up. Rita just runs to the bathroom. Megan runs to the bathroom. And Rita's like vomiting. She vomits on the toilet and Mm -hmm. then she vomits in the toilet. And then Megan comes in behind her and she's like, I need to use the bathroom. I need to. And she ends up shitting in the sink. And it's really not. It's not. It's not good. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, outside, Annie is sweating. Like her hair is. She looks gray. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, Helen is like, "Oh, you're you're not looking very well." Like, and reminds her, she's like, "Oh, maybe it's that you know gray lamb you ate, or that that weird chicken that you ate." She's like, "You might you might feel better if you just." threw up and she's like oh i'm fine actually um you know actually might be just a a little hungry actually so helen (laughs) 
<laughs> Bring us over. The psychological warfare. <laughs> the terror. The, she brings over a like, silver dish of Jordan almonds. And she's like, would you like some Jordan almonds? And Annie's like, oh, I love Jordan almonds. And like, I wish you could see my face. She like, puts it in her mouth and she's yeah. like, oh, it's so good. Kristen Wiig is incredible yeah, in this moment. <laughs> and she chews and she's like, oh, I feel much better. <laughs> So Lil comes out and she's like, Annie, I think like everyone got food poisoning. And she's like, oh no, and starts to feel ill. And she runs. She just runs out the door. She runs out onto the street and she ends up making it to the other side of the road where she just fully like diarrhea's in the Saint Lady Saint. in the middle of the street oh my god so okay what do you what do you feel about this scene i thought it was funnier when i saw it the first time Mm -hmm. but seeing it this time it lost less of its like gag funny Mm -hmm. for me i really like the scene or like my favorite part is her annie trying not to puke yeah and helen talking to her same that is my favorite part of the scene is the jordan almonds moment yeah this scene feels so out of place to me with the rest of the movie because the humor in this movie is all like in the dialogue and in the wit and this is just like visceral body humor which is like not really like my yeah sense of humor so much so i always just like didn't really like this scene because I'm like, this feels weird and out of place. And I could never pinpoint why. And then I learned last night that this whole scene was Judd Apatow's idea. And he was the one who put this scene in here. It was not- Kristen Wiig and like the other writer did not want this scene in there because it was so uh, out of tone with the rest of the movie. And I'm like, now it makes sense why I never liked this scene. Yeah. Because it's from a different movie, essentially. Like, it's a totally different tone and style of comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the comedic style is mm-hmm. super different. And, I mean, I think they did well. Like, the actors performed well. But mm-hmm. I Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was necessary. Mm-hmm. Like, they also could have just, like, puked or even just been, like, I don't know, have had some sort of other thing yeah like if if they all got food poisoning and all we saw was like the girls running to the bathroom we saw the moment with helen and the jordan almonds and then we see maya rudolph going to shit in the street i think it would have been fine because because that shot of maya rudolph in the street is so far away i think if it was like if we were up close like all up in her face watching her like going through the emotions of diarrheaing in the street like it would be (laughs) weird but it being so far away i think it's like a much funnier choice and also gives us a little bit of distance from it but yeah it just feels like so out of Mm -hmm. place to me it feels very dudes rock Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah very like hangover-y just a different movie yeah yeah the next scene that i have is Annie putting on some mascara in the bathroom mirror and she like steps away from the mirror and we see that Gil and Bryn are taking a bath. Weird. (laughs) 
just so weird. And Gil is like, Annie, can I use your razor? Can I borrow your your razor? She's like, she she's like, fucking, I have no dignity. Like here, <laughs> just like here, whatever. So Bryn is like, oh, is the guy you're going out with also over 40? And she's like, I'm not over, whatever. <laughs> and just walks out. So she goes to this guy's house. It's the blind date that Becca set her up with. And Pete invites her in. He's like, oh, this is my son, Tyler. You know, I'm not really a setup guy, but Becca spoke very highly of you. So he's like, I'm just going to go upstairs, you know, put on the finishing touches. And uh, do you mind just sitting with my my son until the babysitter arrives? So Annie sits with Tyler and he's like silent. And he goes, are you afraid of dying? And she's like, I mean, I guess, you know, everyone is, but you know, why, why do you ask? And he's like, because my mom's going to kill you. Jesus. <laughs> and then he's like, your hair looks burnt. My grandma died where you're sitting. Oh my God. <laughs> she decides to walk up to Peter's like study or whatever. Like she, you know, he's been at MIA mm-hmm. and she walks upstairs and he, she overhears him on the phone just being like, I've, I miss you so much. Please come back. Like, she's not even pretty. Da, da, da. Oh, my God. Yeah. So <laughs> she goes back downstairs and sees that Tyler has her birth control pills. And she's like, did you eat one of those? Did you have one? And he's like, I ate Saturday. She's like, I don't know what's going to happen to you, but something's going to happen to your body. <laughs> Oh, my God. So after that horror show, (laughs) Annie goes over to Ted's place. And, you know, after they do the deed, she ends up inviting him to Lillian's wedding. Annie. (sighs) Annie, Annie, Annie. And he's like, red alert, must leave the building. And she's like, oh, it's nothing serious. Like, it's just fun. And he's like, oh, no, like. I don't want you to have to explain to a bunch of people what our situation is. Like, that would suck for you. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I guess. You know, I have someone else I can ask anyway. And he's like, oh, really? Who? And she says, a guy named George. And she looks at him drinking water. And she's like, George Glass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a very hot, nice guy who likes me a lot and uh, would love to be my date. And Ted starts, like, kissing her neck, and he's like, oh, really, can this George Glass do this? And just, like, kind of starts rubbing her boob over her bra. Really awful stuff. (laughs) Really, really nasty shit. You really thought you were doing something there, but... Yeah. (laughs) Even over the bra, like, you can't feel anything. She's wearing, like, a fully padded bra. (laughs) So weird. So she's like, um, maybe. And he's like, well, it's getting late. You should probably go. Gonna miss you so much. And just gets under the covers and uh, waits for her to leave. So. Cool. Real gem, that Ted. (laughs) So Annie goes to the gas station. And yeah, obvious product placement. I don't even know what kind of like. The drink is like. Thing she's buying. Or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Guess who she runs into at the convenience store? It's Rhodes. Oh, my God. And he's like, 
oh, what brings you here so early? And she's like, oh, I just had a rough night, boy stuff. And they have some banter about like him arresting the guy. <laughs> like, oh, I can arrest him if you want. And she's like, um, no, that's fine. And he offers her a carrot. And they actually end up sitting on the roof of his car. And she tells him all about the wedding drama. And he's like, oh, that sounds rough. He tells her instead of stressing out about the wedding, she should be setting up a new bakery. Mm. And Annie's like surprised by this, but she's like, oh, no, I don't I don't do that anymore. And then she pulls a nasty carrot out of the bag of carrots. It's like mm. gray. Yeah. Like you've seen the carrot. You've oh, seen yeah. It. You know what I'm talking about. Mm hmm. And he's like, you have to eat it. There's an ugly one in every bag. It's good luck. And she's like, ew, no, I'm not going to eat it. And tosses it on the ground. And he's like, oh, well, don't litter. <laughs> and then he's like, I, I just needed to pick it up. Like, I, I can't stand littering. It's like, it's a pet peeve. <laughs> so Annie's like, oh, I didn't realize that, you know, you could be a cop here if you weren't a citizen. And he's like, well, you can't, but they made a special exception for me because I'm so strong and and tough and handsome. And I'm like, ah, the delicious self-deprecating humor. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, yes, you're clearly very tough. And they have some banter back and forth. And she's like, yeah, you know, I'm pretty tough. I could totally be a cop. He's like, oh, really? Could you? So then they go out to the road where he, like, teaches her how to plant her feet and take aim with the speed radar gun <laughs> um, and, like, coaches her on how to get a reading. And they let a couple of cars go by because they're just above the speed limit. And, you know, there's this cute moment where Officer Rhodes ends up, like, exactly guessing how fast one of the cars is going and then one of the cars like speeds big time past them. So they're like, okay, we can go after him. So they jump in his cruiser and go to chase after the driver. It's really cute. I really love this scene. I feel like um, in other rom-coms, like we might not get quite as many of these sorts of scenes between Annie and Rhodes. Mm -hmm. But I think it really does make all the difference in like kind of rooting for their their blossoming relationship. Yeah. But then again, this movie is also two hours long, so they had time to do that. Yeah, true. Hello, film fans. We are the Film vs. Film podcast. My name is Martin Harris, the host, and I'm always joined by the film encyclopedia man, Boaz Dix. We are a couple of filmmakers on occasion, but mainly can't stop yapping about movies. On this podcast, every episode, we pick a topic from a film that's coming out at the cinema or on streaming. Myself and Boaz pick our favourite film from that topic, or team up against a guest and battle it out to decide which film will become the greatest film of all time, according to two film geeks from Wiltshire, England. We release our episodes every other Saturday, plus bonus spoiler special episodes about new films we love. You can find us anywhere on your favourite podcasting app, Remember, please do subscribe. Pod Trailer, signing off. So Annie emails the bridesmaids with this idea of going to Lillian's family lake house for the bachelorette party. And Helen immediately calls her. She's like, um, a cabin for the bachelorette? And then Rita calls her and she's like, listen, 
I need a trip that I can fantasize about forever so I can finally have sex with my husband and suggests Las Vegas. Annie looks at her $350 paycheck and she's like, fuck. Mm -hmm. Then Becca calls and she's like, hey, I just got a call from Helen saying we can go to Vegas. Like, I know you don't like flying, but I really want to see, what's that magician's name? Oh, uh, Chris Angel. Yeah, I really want to see Chris Angel. Then Megan calls and she's like, so Vegas it is. As somebody who's found herself frequently on wedding TikTok, I've like seen a lot of discussion lately about like bachelorette trips, about like the costs of weddings, about like mm-hmm. people debating whether or not people should get plus ones if they're single, all this kind of stuff. You can't say someone doesn't get a plus one. I know. I think it's insane. That's like the fucking people who mean. are like, you only get a plus one if you're in a couple. I'm like, that is fucking rude. Let people have a plus one. Just because they're single doesn't mean that they're a second class citizen. Like, give them a plus <laughs> one. It it bothers the shit out of me. But yeah, so I think I do think that the the bachelorette trip concept has like gone out of control. Mm-hmm. I think that it's like insane the thousands upon thousands of dollars that people are expected to pay for these like bachelorette weekends where everybody like flies to nashville or to vegas for like a weekend they stay at like a super expensive place and then like they're like oh and then the bride doesn't have to pay for anything so then everybody has to pay and i'm like this is insane a bachelorette party is supposed to be one evening one night and like if everybody is in the financial position that they can do that like that's fine of course yeah but i'm like this is a lot to be asked of someone I mean, when I went to the bachelorette party for my sister-in-law, mm-hmm. it was, like, really, really fun. And I definitely don't regret, like, mm-hmm. spending the money or going or anything. But it was around – I mean, right, it's my brother, so I'm obviously paying, like, mm-hmm. more for stuff. But I guess I would do this for any of, like, our close girlfriends. Right. Like, I paid for a dress, right? Mm-hmm. That was, like, $200. I paid for – my shoes, which were maybe like a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. I paid for a gift for them. I paid for the bachelorette, which was I want to say we got a suite at like um, Mohegan Sun, I think, which mm-hmm. is like a really nice casino in Connecticut. Yeah. And so, like that was like with bottle service at the place we went to and dinner and everything. I want to say like probably around five hundred dollars. Yeah. So like it it does add up for sure, for sure. And I wasn't even like she didn't even have um, bridesmaids like the bridal or the bachelorette was just like me and a couple of her close friends and like her cousins. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it wasn't like I even had to get a a specific dress for like the wedding itself. Right, right. So (laughs) I cannot imagine being like told that I need to take like three days off of work and do Mm -hmm. a crazy Trip. Yeah, spend like $500 on plane tickets on top of everything Alone, else. right? Yeah. I definitely think that it's important to make sure that you're like supporting each other and like it's mm-hmm. like have that experience. But I think to make it so about yourself that you're not considerate of your friend's financial yeah. situations is like, what's the point? Yeah, it's, it's wild to me. Like I... 
I know for myself personally, I will not be planning anything where people need to like fly anywhere, Mm -hmm. keeping it very local. If anything, it'll be like, honestly, what Annie suggested, like, let's go to a lake house for a weekend. I'm like, that sounds sounds so nice. Perfect. You can like spend time with the gals. I'm not really into the whole like going out and like the stripper thing. It's just like not really, it doesn't really appeal to me. Um, I'd rather just like spend the quality time with my gal pals, like getting drunk in a cabin somewhere and like watching movies and eating food and like playing games and stuff like that sounds great to me personally for sure yeah but these ladies they got to go to vegas so they board their flight and this sequence i think is my favorite part of the whole movie i think it is so well crafted like the writing truly i think it's this sequence that earned them their nomination because the way that it's structured and everything, it just builds in the most perfect way. Yeah. So they board their flight. Annie has to sit in coach while the others sit in first class. She actually turned down Helen's offer to pay for her ticket. So Megan ends up sitting next to this guy and she's like, oh, I noticed you don't have a carry-on. No baggage? I get it. Protect and serve. Air marshal style. Wink. And he's like, <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm not an air marshal. I'm going to take a nap. And she's like, no problem. I'll take the first watch. He's like, there is no first watch. And she's like, got it. I'll take the first watch. <laughs> fucking word. This is also Melissa McCarthy's husband. So. Yes, uh, which I think their like comedic chemistry too is so, so good. good. Yeah. So similar to me, I feel like we, me and Annie have this in common. She is not a good flyer and she of course this is probably my one of my worst fears also mm. she is she is sitting next to the worst flyer in the world who's like i had a dream that the plane went down and <laughs> she's like you were there <laughs> when i tell you that i at, leading up to me flying like literally last night i had a dream that i was in a plane that was going down oh my god so because I'm, like, flying in September, right? Yeah. So, literally, yeah, did I – I would never tell anyone that. Mm-hmm. I would not tell someone that. Right. Okay? If you stop – if you stop believing that a plane can fly, it goes down. It's not good. It's not good choo-choo. Have you seen the TikTok that explains, like, what turbulence actually is and how safe you actually are in a plane? Yeah. Like, well, not the TikTok, but I've seen, like, videos. I've listened to pilots talk. hmm Because basically, when you're in a plane, there's – I'm going to explain this so badly, I'm sure. But there's, like, pressure yeah. on, like, all sides of the plane, right? So when you're feeling turbulence, basically, it's like if you had a thing of jello and there was a plane inside of it and the jello was moving, that's why you feel the turbulence – but the plane isn't going up or down. It's like stuck where mm. it is. It's just like moving in that place. So it's not doesn't mean the plane is going down or anything like that. So if that gives anyone peace of mind next time you're on a flight and there's turbulence, just be like, oh, I'm in jello. It's fine. Ooh, I'm in jello. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, flying is so safe. Like I have gotten better, I would say, like this year because yeah. I took a couple of flights for my my work and stuff so I do feel better but damn I feel her pain 
Yeah. So <laughs> Annie sneaks up to Lillian in first class and she is like on the verge of a, a full-blown panic attack. She's like, I really am, am freaking out. Like, I don't feel good. And Helen gives her some pills. She's like, just take two. You'll fall asleep and you'll wake up and, and we'll be in Vegas. So Annie takes them and heads back to her seat. Lil's like, I feel like such a jerk sitting up here in first class. Annie's stuck back there like I should be with her. And Helen is like, no, this is your weekend. Treat yourself. Annie will be fine. She'll make friends. There's there's more of a sense of community in coach. Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Rita and Becca are sitting together and Rita is shocked to hear that Becca has only ever had sex with her husband. And she's like, I can't help but feel bad for you. Like, how do you even know what you want? Meanwhile, Megan and her seat buddy, uh, Air Marshal John, (laughs) she's trying to figure out where he keeps his gun. And she's like, is it between between the the cheeks? And he's like, why would I have a gun in my ass? Like, how would I even get to it? <laughs> and she tells a story about how she knew a guy who did a lot of undercover work and he had tape marks across his cheeks. And basically he like would cut a hole in his back pocket to get to it. And he's like, that doesn't even make sense. And she's like, I'll show you with my nano and offers to like shove it in her ass and cut a hole in her back pocket also, I don't know if we mentioned this, but, like, Megan works for the government. Unclear what she does. But do we find that out now or later? We see her, like, at work earlier, like, when they're on the phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we cut back to Rita and Becca, and Becca's like, Kevin can only have sex in bed, in the dark, under the covers, after we've showered separately. And then sometimes we finish cleaning ourselves and he's too tired. But I'm not tired. I just say I'm tired. And Rita's like, Becca, this is why every girl needs slutty college years to get it out of their system and figure out what they like. And Becca stops the flight attendant. She's like, um, hello, I'd like a glass of alcohol. And Rita's like, we'll have two double seven and sevens. Thank you. <laughs> Which is Seagram seven mm-hmm. and seven up. I've never had one, but I've known what this drink was since I was in high school because in literally one episode of the OC, it's what Ryan's mother orders. Oh my gosh! <laughs> at um, the like casino. Oh yeah. Night. Yeah. Oh my gosh! When she like gets a trunk and like there's mm-hmm. a fight. <laughs> yeah. So back in coach, Annie's seatmate is talking about. She's telling this like insane story of a woman who once went to like a bathroom on the plane and got sucked into the toilet, which is. Simply impossible and not true. So Helen comes over to check on Annie and Annie's like, yeah, the pills, they didn't really do anything. And Helen's like, oh, well, why don't you just take the rest of my scotch? It'll give the pill the little kick that it needs. I do it all the time and I'm much smaller than you, so you'll handle it. Oh, my God. Annie's like, okay, well, all right. So she (laughs) takes the scotch and Helen heads back to first class. Do you think that this was like a purposeful I'm trying to get this woman fucked up or not? I can't really tell. So 
I really think that it could be either way. I do think that if she's taken those pills before, yeah, she knows what they would do if she had alcohol with them. Right. I don't think the pills were drugged, but I think her decision to be like, well, do you want my scotch was like a bitch move. Yeah. Shady. I don't think she thought that they were going to get fucking grounded and like do right. an emergency landing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think her goal was to just kind of like embarrass Annie a little bit. I I hope that it's not something more sinister. If anyone knows, if anyone knows Kristen Wiig, let's get her yeah. input on this. Yeah. So Helen goes back to first class and Annie seatmate is like, I would just toss it back. So then Annie uh chugs the entire probably double, I assume. It's not a good rocks. idea. Yeah. Cut back to Rita and Becca, and Becca is like, so you don't even have sex anymore? And Rita's like, oh, no, we have sex constantly, but my husband hasn't kissed me in five years. And Becca's like, I know. I know. And Becca's like, well, what are you guys doing when you're having sex then? And Rita's like, thinking about other things and wishing it would stop. That's pretty grim, I gotta say. It's not good. No, it's not so a very fucked up Annie then comes into first class, goes over to Lil and Helen, and she's like, oh, my God, Helen, thank you so much. I feel so much more relaxed, and I'm ready to party with the best of them, and I'm going down to the river. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And they're like, wow, someone's really relaxed. And Helen talks about how, you know, they're going to have dinner tonight at this restaurant. She knows the chef. And Annie's like, oh, do you? I'm Helen. (laughs) I'm Helen. I know the owner. (laughs) And Lil is like, hey, Annie, like maybe you should go take a nap. Doesn't that sound good? And the flight attendant comes over and tells Annie that she needs to go back to coach because she's not allowed up here. And she's like, oh, this is a very strict plane that I'm on. And uh, starts making some jokes about Nazi Germany before heading back to coach. And she uh, opens the curtains and she's like, these should be open because it's civil rights. This is the 90s. And he's like, it's not, but okay. <laughs> Closes the curtains. So what happens uh, just moments later? <laughs> Annie sneaks into first class. She she puts on some sunglasses and finds an empty seat. Of course, immediately yeah. she's noticed. <laughs> the flight attendant comes over and she's like, listen, you have to go back to coach. And she's like, oh, I'm not too... I'm Mrs. Iglesias. And and he's like, I know who you are. Like, you just put on sunglasses. And she's like, it's not me. <laughs> so Helen offers to switch seats with Annie. But this other flight attendant's like, that's not allowed. And Lil is like, listen, we're at a wedding party. Like, the seat's empty. She is obviously nervous. Can't she just sit up here for the rest of the flight? And they are like, no, 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 it's not allowed. And he's like, you have three seconds to get back to your seat. And Annie's like, you can't get anywhere in three seconds. You're setting me up for failure. And then looks at his name tag and she's like, whatever you say, stove. And he's like, it's it's Steve. 
Steve. And he, she's like, that's such a weird name, Stove. <sighs> Meanwhile, uh, not Air Marshal John gets out of the bathroom where Megan is waiting for him outside, essentially offering him, you know, the chance to join the Mile High Club with her. <laughs> she then, like, kicks her leg up on the wall. Surprisingly high. Mm-hmm. And she's like, <laughs> you feel that steam heat coming? That's from my undercarriage. <laughs> Which is- <laughs> I wish we... Gives me the most visceral the reaction. Face that you made. You're like, oh... <laughs> just the word undercarriage it's really it's not a good one it reminds me of a horse <laughs> it's not sitting well with me but john is like no thank you so rita and becca are blasted and rita's like becca i don't want you to be a big fuck up like me like you can still turn it around and she's like stop it you're more beautiful than cinderella you smell like pine needles and you have a face like sunshine. Annie is back in coach. She's looking out the window of the plane and immediately starts freaking out. And then all of a sudden over the intercom, <laughs> we hear Annie frantically ranting about how there's a colonial woman churning butter on the wing of the plane. And she's like, there's something they're not telling us. And it's just like going on this rampage. And then Air Marshal John, who is in fact an air marshal, pops up with his gun, rushes to the back. Megan is like, I knew it, and follows him saying that she's got his back. Annie's seatmate is losing it, being like, we're all going to die. The plane is going down. The flight attendants run to the back. Becca and Rita, they start making out. Very unfinished business between the two of them. Never addressed again. Annie runs to the cockpit and is tackled by Megan. Yeesh. So the plane makes an emergency landing in Wyoming where they arrust and deplane Annie. Annie's on a no-fly list. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So they get on a bus back to Chicago, and Annie tells Lil she's really sorry, and she's going to make it up to her with a shower. And Lil is like, I wanted to talk to you about the shower. Um, I just feel like being the maid of honor has been really overwhelming. I just need everything to run smoothly from here on out. And Helen is really good at this stuff. So Annie's like, okay, um, I get it. So back in Milwaukee, when Annie is driving home, she actually comes across Officer Rhodes on his normal route. And she asks if he wants to hang out. So they end up going to this bar and she kind of like tells him about what happened on this disaster trip and he's laughing and she's like, no, it's not funny. I'm sure all the girls hate me now. And I just hope that Lil isn't mad at me for too long. You know, now her life is perfect and mine is like, so he's like, no, you're going to turn it around. I know it. And he tells her that she just has to, you know, start baking again. But she says, no, after the business went under, it just didn't make her happy anymore. And he says that just because the business went under doesn't mean that she failed. And she's like, well, I am in a lot of debt. He's like, you know, you're going to be okay. And she says that he doesn't know her very well. He's like, well, I know you well enough. And then he's like, actually, I've been thinking about you a lot. 
Oh, excuse me. Oh, my God. Officer Rhodes. So what happens? They make out, and he brings her back home. And, you know, they do the deed, I'm sure. And in the morning, Annie wakes up, and Rhodes is already up. He's like, hey. I did love the detail of the fact that so when she's with Ted, she's always like fully wearing her bra in bed with him, but she doesn't with Rhodes. Whoa, I didn't notice that. Yeah. She's just more comfortable with Mm. him. Yeah. So in the morning, Annie wakes up and Rhodes is already there. He's like, hey, good morning. And Annie's like, I'm sorry for sleeping over. And he's like, oh, don't be silly. I made you a cappuccino. And at oh this my point, God. I'd be, like, <laughs> be like, are we engaged now? <laughs> What's happening? Like, would you like a bite of apple? <laughs> oh my God. I almost fell off my chair. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. If I ever get engaged, she'll be like, would you, you like, like a, a bite, bite of, of apple? apple? <laughs> oh my God. So he's like, in, like, I'm already. I'm already like, you made me co- – like, I'm done. And I don't even mm-hmm. drink coffee. Yeah. And he's like <laughs> – he's like, oh, last night was fun. Like, let's go into the kitchen where, you know, the fun may continue. And and he's like, I'll, I'll let you, like, get ready. And she gets dressed and, like, comes out into the kitchen. And Rhodes is like, your workshop awaits. And he has all these ingredients waiting for her. Oh, my God. You got like baking soda, it's like flour and shit. And he's like, I thought it might be fun for us to bake together. And I'm like pulling my hair out <laughs> mm-hmm. and screaming. And um, he's like, Oh, but you know, you'll you'll probably do most of the biking, and I'll do the eating. Stop it right now, Rose! My God, <laughs> I know it. <laughs> so. <laughs> So Annie's like, oh, no, I, I don't do that anymore. And he's like, oh, no, like, we just have to get back into it. And Annie's like, no, uh, I'm going to actually leave. And, he, and he's like, oh, sorry, I went a little too far. Like, that's that's my bad. Like, you don't have to go. And she's like, I'm I'm going to leave. And he's like, please, like. Like, I thought we had a lot of fun. And and she's like, you don't know. I don't need anyone to fix me. Like, you don't know me. You don't know me. And he's like, this isn't what this is about. And, like, tries to talk to her. But she's, like, Mm -hmm. completely shut down and tells him that last night was a mistake. Oh, and he is heartbroken because he's obviously, like, he was super excited about it. Like, he's really really into into her. And she's just like. This is a mistake. Oh, I swear it's oftentimes, I don't want to say oftentimes, but there are times when there's a person who's actually really great and who's really into you. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're so closed off. Yeah. You can't even enjoy it. And obviously not everyone's compatible. Like mm-hmm. sometimes people will like you and you won't like them, but like at least open yourself up to trying yeah. it out. It's, it's just like the – she's sabotaging herself. And I do wonder – I'm sure there is a term for like this type of character, but it's like the the girl version of a man-child is kind of what she is, where it's kind of like 
the messy mm. adult woman who like can't quite get it together, like isn't like emotionally ready for a relationship. I don't know what the female equivalent would be, but yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like in that perpetual state of like not quite being able to grow up and like face things. Mm-hmm. Annie ends up driving home and she calls Lillian, but it goes straight to voicemail. And she leaves a message kind of talking about how she slept with Rhodes and woke up today and he was really nice and sweet and cute. So, of course, she ran out of there as fast as she could. And um, she was like, what's wrong with me? I don't know. Anyways, I'd really like (laughs) to talk to you about it so you could just give me a call back when you can. So back at the apartment, Bryn ends up waking Annie up. And tells her that she got a package. And it is a very intricate, elaborate uh, invitation to Lillian's bridal shower. She opens the box and a butterfly flies out. How is it not dead? Not only is it an insane invitation, but the theme, the theme is Paris. Fucked up. Mm -hmm. Fucked up. Mm Mm-hmm. Later that day, or maybe the next day, who knows, Annie is back at the jewelry store working, and this teen comes into the jewelry store, and she's like, hey, like, I need help getting a necklace for my friend's birthday. I wanted to say best friends forever. And Annie's like, hmm, are you sure about forever? Because, you know, one day she might, you know, grow up and be more successful than you and get engaged and... Maybe she meets a new best friend. And the teen is like, you're weird. And Annie's like, you started it. And she's like, you started it. And she's like, did you forget to take your Xanax this morning? Damn. They they f- throw some words. Oh, basically, in the end, Annie calls the girl a little cunt. And she's like, fired on sight. Yeah. So Annie then listens to a message from Rhodes who says that he's gathered that she doesn't want to spend any more time with him, so he won't bother her ever again, and uh, just tells her to get her taillights fixed. Meanwhile, things are getting worse because Gil and Bryn quote-unquote ask but really tell Annie that uh, she needs to move out so they can have the place alone without her so she ends up moving back in with her mom and she's like yeah you remember when you thought i hit bottom that wasn't bottom annie stares at her old storefront which was vandalized to say cock baby and there's a little penis in her mouth Mm. on the storefront and then we finally get to the bridal shower so annie drives over to the harris compound like fully opening a gate she gets handed a glass of like pink lemonade and drives down this super long road like to get to the house and they're like just go to the carriage house and like i don't even think he has an accent but he's like go to the carriage house she drives over rides a horse to the actual house so she walks in this shower I really can't stress enough how insane it is. Also, the Harris compound, I think it's the same house as uh, Wayne Manor in Batman, which is wild. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So it's it's super, super Parisian. There's like a giant Eiffel Tower cake. There's a chocolate fountain. There's like French waiters all around. Lillian comes up and like hugs Annie. It's kind of awkward between the two of them. And Annie asks if they're okay. And Lillian is like, yes, I'm so sorry for not calling back. It's just been so crazy. So she then excuses herself to go say hi to her aunt and uh, walks away. So we cut to opening presents and Lil is opening all of her gifts. Um, She gets to Annie's. It's this box that is like collaged with Mm. photos of them. It's like so, so thoughtful. And she opens it up. It's a bunch of mementos from their childhood and um, some things from all of her favorite stores in Milwaukee, including a Wilson Phillips CD. And then Helen is like, oh, my God, Lil, I was so busy planning out the the bridal shower that I didn't get you a present. Um, and then hands Lil an envelope with plane tickets to go to Paris for the, just the two of them. Yeah. So this is the last straw for Annie. And she kind of loses it and goes on a rampage. Uh, which I will now recite for you. And she goes, are you fucking kidding me? Motherfucking Paris? I told you about Paris. I told you about this whole idea. Come on, Lillian. What are you going to go to Paris with Helen and ride around on bikes with berets and fucking baguettes in the basket in the front of your bikes? Oh, how romantic. What woman gives another woman a trip to Paris? Am I right? Lesbian. We're all thinking it, aren't we? And I think Megan is <laughs> and like, then I was thinking it. <laughs> Becca and fucking um, Rita are like, no, no, no. <laughs> and she's like, Lillian, this is not the you that I know. The you that I know would have walked in here, rolled her eyes, and thought this was completely over the top, ridiculous, and stupid. Look at this shower. Look at that fucking cookie. Did you really think that this group of women was going to finish that cookie? That reminds me, actually, I never got a chance to try that fucking cookie. And she runs out to the yard and starts eating some of the cookie. She punches it. She pulls it off the stand and fully falls in the cookie. She stabs the Eiffel Tower cake. She's throwing pastries. She tries to push over the chocolate fountain, which is a full-on fountain, not like a chocolate fountain. It's a fountain that has been filled with chocolate. We're talking granite, limestone. Exactly. Uh, she ends up just like putting her hands in the very hot chocolate and splashing it around the yard. And Lillian runs out and she's like, have you lost your fucking mind? And he's like, where have you been? Ever since you got engaged, everything went to shit. And Lillian is like this is supposed to be about me. Like, this is my time and you've managed to ruin every single event. And Annie starts to blame Helen. And she's like, you would know if you got your beautiful haired head out of your asshole or out of Helen's asshole, which is probably perfectly bleached. And Lillian's like, yeah, it is because I went to the salon with her and I got mine bleached as well. And I love my new asshole. I didn't even know that this was a thing until I watched this movie. I had never heard of this procedure. (laughs) You can indeed get it done. And Lillian's like, why can't you just be happy for me and talk about me behind my back like a normal person? And Annie's like, I am happy for you. And I won't bother you anymore. And she starts to leave. Is about to grab her party favor. 
which is an entire ass puppy. Mm-hmm. And Lil yells, she does not get a dog. So Annie leaves the party empty handed. And Lillian's like, and if you're going to act like this, don't even bother coming to the wedding. Which is like, ouch, you know. Yeah, I mean, this this scene was like, I think that they built up to it super well. I think that like Paris being the the thing that sets off the fuse was like, yeah, a great touch. But I mean, like what I really like about this movie is that so much of it, like the humor and everything is like in the subtext and everything that they're not saying. So when it all does finally come to the surface, it is really, uh, it's really satisfying. Mm-hmm. So Annie is angrily driving home. She passes by Megan, who has, uh, I believe, actually nine dogs in her van, which is insane. Annie ends up abruptly stopping her car for a porcupine in the road and gets rear-ended. Perfect. So the guy drives off and Annie's car dies on her. So the next thing we know, Annie is getting her car towed. And who is there but Officer Rhodes? And he's like, yeah. This is why you need to get your tail legs fixed. And I'm like, okay, I don't drive. But even if she did have her tail lights working, she wouldn't have been able to hit them that fast to stop for the porcupine in the road, right? I guess it depends. But if you have the tail lights on, you would at least be able to see that she was braking. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I can't I know. tell from that shot how close the porcupine was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, you know what? I've had a horrible day. I don't need a lecture. And she starts talking about Helen. And he says that this didn't happen because of Helen. And uh, Rose kind of pops off. And he's Mm -hmm. like, do you know how frustrating it is to watch you drive past me every night with your fucking taillights still broken? (laughs) It's a simple solution. Your problem is that you don't get that you can hurt people with your taillights. Oh. Round. Yeah, so obviously he's not talking about the taillights. So freaking true. And I'm like, you know what? Good for you. I'm glad that you stood up for yourself, Rhodes. Because she was being kind of shitty to you. I agree. And he's like, you know what? Don't worry about it. Your message was received. What's done is done. Mm -hmm. And for the record, Annie... You flirted with me, and you made me feel like you really liked me, which is really unfair. And then you came home with me, and we did stuff, fun stuff, and then you just left like it was nothing. And she's like, oh, I know how guys act. One minute it means something, and the next that it doesn't. And it's like, I get I get that. I get that a lot of men can be really shitty. Totally. Mm-hmm. But this isn't that situation and it's not fair to like put that on this guy who's not doing that i agree and he's like oh you have it all figured out huh how's that working out for you and then to make things even worse you thought we hit bottom again well you're wrong again because it's only getting worse ted shows up and he's like what's up fuck buddy call for some roadside assistance And Rose just looks at him and looks at Annie and is like, come on, and starts to walk away. And she's like, I didn't have anyone else to call. I didn't know you were going to show up. 
He's like, oh, that's the problem with cops, Annie. We're never here when you need us. And he drives off. Ay, ay, ay. So Annie gets in Ted's car and she's like, oh, thank you for picking me up. And he's like, oh, you look you look tired. Um, You can totally lay down on my lap if you want. Christ. Like, sh- <sighs> I hate him so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's like asking her to give him roadhead in this this fucking time and she's like pull over and he's like it's all gravelly like i don't want to mess with my tires and she's like pull over i'd rather get murdered out here than spend the next half hour with you and he's like it's just humor learn about it besides i would never last a half hour (laughs) so annie gets out of the car and he's like if you're trying to turn me on it's working and she just like starts walking she's done so he drives off and he's like you're no longer my number three this scene reminded me of both clueless and legally blonde actually yeah because legally blonde when she's walking alongside the car and warner's like sweetie get in the car and then also clueless when Mm -hmm. she exits the car in the middle of nowhere because um elton tries to assault her so yeah men in cars you can't trust them So at Annie's mom's house, Annie is watching Castaway on her mom's TV. She is sobbing over Wilson. So then who comes by the house but Megan with her nine dogs? And she's like, hey, Annie, I just wanted to see you. You haven't been returning any of my calls. And Annie says that she has nothing to say other than, you know, she can't get off the couch. She got fired, kicked out of her apartment. She can't pay her bills her car is a piece of shit and she doesn't have any friends and megan i fucking love megan megan is like oh that's interesting to me that you have no friends when one is standing here right in front of you and then she starts poking annie and she's like oh what you you want to have a pity party oh poor annie you want to have a pity party and she ends up getting (laughs) on top of annie and like wrestling her and she's like i'm life annie and i'm gonna bite you in the ass huh i'm life and she literally bites annie in the ass until Annie oh finally gosh. like slaps Megan to get her off of her. Megan is like, all right, you still have some spark in you. I'm glad to see it. <laughs> and then Megan tells Annie a story about a little girl named Megan who had a bad time in high school. She's like, I know you're looking at me now and thinking, damn, she must have breezed right through high school. Not the case. They called me weird. They used to throw firecrackers at my head. They called me a freak. But I didn't let that break me. I studied hard, and now I work for the government with the highest possible security clearance. Don't repeat that. <laughs> I know where all the nukes are, and I know the codes. Don't repeat Don't that. Don't repeat that either. <laughs> You'd be surprised a lot of shopping malls. Don't yeah. repeat that. <laughs> I fucking love her. She's like, I have six houses. Bought an 18-wheeler just for the heck yeah. of it. She's thriving. And she's like, yeah, you lost Lillian. But you have another best friend sitting right in front of you if you'd notice. So stop feeling sorry for yourself because you're your problem, but you're also your solution. And I'm like, damn, I need this. I need Megan to come and give me a pep talk one of these days because she's just got gem after gem. I forgot about this scene when I when I saw it. I was like, Mm -hmm. I really like this part. This is so good. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that it really just speaks to. 
Melissa McCarthy and how talented she is because like Megan is this very like outlandish kind of like wild gruff character who's like super bold um but because Melissa McCarthy has such a warmth to her that like still shines through while like yes she is like very straight to the point and tough love yeah you can really feel the love coming through and I don't think it would make sense for like this moment to come from any other character but her no for sure I think that she plays the dichotomy Mm -hmm. of Megan in a great way because while Megan is kind of like crazy and funny she's also really like intuitive and smart Mm -hmm. so it's just like really great to see this other side of of the character yeah because I feel like it would have been very easy to if this role was played by maybe a lesser actor for Megan to just kind of be written off as like ridiculous yeah but she's not at all which I really I really appreciate I also really liked how the various like characters in the bridal party are all very distinct and like yeah yeah, some of them are like a little bit extreme but they do all feel like regular people and they don't feel like people that I've like seen a million times over in comedies or in rom-coms where it's like oh like this is this character and this is this character like they have some tropiness like to them but they don't fall completely in them yeah so to finish off this scene annie tells megan that she just misses lillian and megan says that she knows and they hug so we get a pulling yourself up getting back on track montage Mm. we see annie decide to take a crack at baking again and she bakes an i'm sorry cake for Rhodes in the shape of a carrot Mm. Um, She gets her taillights fixed by the mechanic that Rhodes suggested, and he's like, oh, we worked out a deal for this way back when, so it's actually on the house. And she's like, are you you kidding me? And he's like, oh, yeah, I I owe him big time. And Annie actually introduces the mechanic to um, her mom, and it turns out they know each other from AA. (laughs) And then she drops off the cake at Rhodes' house. And he opens it, but he leaves it on the doorstep. And the next day she drives by and, like, raccoons are eating the cake. The next thing we know, Annie is being woken up by her mom in the morning, asking if she's sure she's not coming to the wedding today. And Annie is like, no, mom, Lillian doesn't want me there. And who shows up to Annie's house? Helen. What? And she's asking where Lillian is because they can't find her. Basically, they don't know where Lillian is. She's missing. And Annie's like, okay, I know someone who could help. So as they drive in the car, Helen is like, I don't get it. Like, I planned everything to the final detail. I don't know what happened. Like, Dougie was being amazing. Where could she have gone? And Annie's like, I mean, you should know. You're her best friend. Mm. And Helen actually apologizes to Annie for everything. And Annie's like, you know what? I I really, I don't want to hear it right now. And Helen is like, yeah, Harry doesn't want to talk to me either. Perry? Harry? Perry? Perry. Perry. Yeah. Perry doesn't want to talk to me either. He travels all year. 
and Annie's just like, well, yeah, I don't, I don't feel sorry for you. <laughs> and how <laughs> Helen is like, and you know, I really like that dress you picked out. And she's like, and I don't think that that place really gave us, you know, food poisoning. And Annie's like, no, it, it absolutely did. I, I shit my pants later. It did. 100%. <laughs> and Helen's like, yeah, people just ask me to do their weddings because I'm really good at organizing parties, but I don't have any female friends. And she's totally sobbing. And Annie starts smiling. And she's like, sorry, this is just the first time I've ever seen you look ugly. And Helen's like, I don't look ugly. No, I don't look ugly. <laughs> she's like, yeah, you do. You're kind of an ugly crier. She's like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not an ugly I'm so crier. Pretty. I'm so pretty. <laughs> Rose Burt just flipping on a dime. So good. <laughs> she's so good. So then Annie drives them to Rhodes' cop car. But when they pull over, he rolls up his window and she's like, okay, fuck. So she backs out and speeds past him. Still ignores her. She litters. She texts while driving. She pretends to like glug a beer. She like blasts music. She does like donuts, like swerving yeah. past him. And she even drives by topless. <laughs> and finally, she rear ends him. I think my favorite one in this whole sequence is when they have their seats reclined and she's like, hey, who's driving that car? Oh my God. <laughs> it's my personal favorite. So funny. <laughs> um, and so finally he's like, okay, what do you need? And she's like, Lillian has been missing. And he's like, okay, how long? And she's like, 12 hours. He's like, 12 hours. It needs to be 24 to be considered a missing person. Have you ever watched Law and Order? Mm. And he's like, just leave me alone. And she's like, I really, really need your help. So he does make a call and finds out where her phone was last used. Um, turns out she's just at her apartment. Wah, wah. Just at the apartment. And Annie's like, Helen, you told me that you looked there. And she's like, I did. Like, she wasn't there, but it was last night. <laughs> so... Okay, whatever. Annie apologizes for wasting his time, and Rhodes says she's glad um, she got her taillights fixed because he won't have to pull her over again, which is sad. Oh. So we get to Lillian's apartment, and Annie goes upstairs to find her under the covers. Lillian is really upset, and she's like, this wedding is all fucked up, like, Helen took over everything. My dad can't afford it. And I'm like, oh my God. I can only imagine that sounds bad. the small fortune that is being spent. And like, I it didn't really like occur to me until this moment. I just kind of like assumed that since Helen was planning all this shit, that like she was gonna pay for it. But yeah, that's not the case. And she's like, yeah, this has just been really shitty to do without you and Lillian apologizes to Annie for kicking her out of the wedding and Annie is like no you were right like I'm the one who stole all the crazy and she's like yeah I'm the bride aren't I supposed to be the crazy one Ah. and Annie says that it's gonna be okay and Lillian kind of explains that she left the rehearsal dinner and told Dougie that she was going to get q-tips and before she knew it she was driving here because she realized it was the last time she was going to be here 
in her space, in her bathtub, which she loves. And I'm like, I get you fully. I love a good bathtub. She's like, you know how I love my baths. And she's like, everything's going to change and I'm not going to be five minutes away from you anymore. And it makes me so sad. Mm. And this is like something that I've thought about before, like, because, you know, I've never, never lived with a, with like a partner or anything. So I'm curious, like what your thoughts are, but I'm like, oh my God, the thought of like never having my own room or like my own space is like mm-hmm. kind of scary. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I still like if I visit my parents, mm-hmm. I have my own bed. I would say that when you live with someone that you're partnered with, like, I think you spend a lot more time in common spaces. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really spend a lot of time in my bedroom generally. Like, I like to hang out in my kitchen Mm -hmm. or my living room. But, yeah, I I guess, like, I really don't think about it until – especially because I just never, never thought about it until – I went to Disney World this January mm-hmm. and my parents um, helped us get like accommodations. Mm-hmm. And so Christina and Monica were like, oh, you get the like master bedroom. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you guys. And they're like, oh, yeah, you never get your own bed. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> so true. Like, mm-hmm. I just didn't even think about it. But like, yeah, like every night I do mm-hmm. sleep with someone. Yeah. But yeah, it's not even something that I think about Mm -hmm. usually. Yeah. I mean, that's good that like, you know, it feels right and like normal and stuff. And I'm just like, I'm so used to having my own Mm -hmm. like space in my own room. I'm like, oh my God, that would be an adjustment for me because I like my alone time. Like obviously I like to be around people and stuff, but I do like to have times where I just like go in my room. I'm on my own. I like recharge. Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely – Having a, a place mm-hmm. that's not a studio. Yeah. Like we got really lucky in having a place with multiple rooms. Yeah. Like I don't think I could have done – even a one-bedroom feels a little like mm-hmm. pushing it. But having separate spaces, it yeah. like really, really helps. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Where am I? Oh, yes. So back, back to Lillian. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> Annie tells Lillian not to be sad. Things are going to change, but they'll be better. And she's taking this huge, beautiful step. And she tells Lillian that she loves her more than anything. Lillian asks Annie what's going to happen to her. And Annie says she'll be fine. Besides, Lillian needs to blaze that trail and tell her what's coming ahead. Aww. And so Annie's like, okay, let's get you dressed. And Lillian's like, oh, the dress that's another thing Lillian puts on the dress it's psychotic yeah it is like tool on tool ruffled layers and layers and like a feathered headpiece it looks like insane I think it's also one shoulder Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. and Annie's like oh we'll tweak it we'll you know we'll mess with it like it'll be okay and she's like I look like a poodle. <sighs> so we go to the wedding and <laughs> it's Lil and Doug saying their vows. We zoom out to see a fucking waterfall, okay? <laughs> With 
like a laser light thing being like um, Lillian and Ducky heart like zapped like, onto the they waterfall. They do after they say I yeah, do. They do. <laughs> and they're announced husband and wife. Like they're also standing on basically like a man-made pond area mm-hmm. where like the bridesmaids and the groomsmen are on these like island pieces. <laughs> yeah. How did they get there? I, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. And then immediately after the I do's, Helen is like, now, um, <laughs> as a special <laughs> gift, <laughs> as a special gift, Wilson Phillips. And like, Wilson Phillips comes out. Oh my and God. Will's father's like, I'm not paying for this shit. <laughs> and Annie looks at Helen. And she's like, I promise this is the last one. She's like, oh, this is the last one. <laughs> but they sing Hold On and Lil and Annie like a dance mm-hmm. and really like get to live out their childhood dream kind of, you know? Yeah. And at the end of the wedding, Dougie and Lil get into their limo and drive off to the honeymoon. And as they are leaving, Annie is there and Megan's there and Megan kind of starts like laughing <laughs> And Megan tells Annie that she put a loaded gun in Dougie's carry-on and the TSA is going to rip his ass apart. (laughs) And I'm like, what? (laughs) Just sibling things, you know. You know how it goes. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So Helen goes up to Annie and asks what she thought of the wedding. And they both agree that it was great. And Helen tells Annie that it was really nice meeting her. And Annie says it was really nice meeting her, too. And, hey, maybe sometime the three of us can go to Rock and Sushi together. And Helen is very touched by this. She pulls Annie in for a hug and says that she'd love that. Then Helen looks over and is like, oh, your ride is here. Who has pulled up looking all dapper? Rhodes. He dressed up. He forgave her because he's kind. Yes. He asks how the wedding went and tells her that he had, you know, the cake that she left. He did have to fight some raccoons for it, but it's a good thing he's so strong and tough. (laughs) And he kind of keeps like rambling on and on before he's like, I'm just going to kiss you. And they kiss. It's very sweet. His radio goes off and he's like, oh, I'm still on duty. Like, I got to go put my uniform on. And, uh. (laughs) He asks if she wants to come, and she says yes. And she's about to go sit in the front seat, and he's like, whoa, 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 hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you got to sit in the back. Uh, this is policy. You cannot sit up here. Besides, there's a warrant out for your arrest for all that reckless driving. Aww. And uh, as they drive off, she asks if you know he can put on the sirens. Then in the credits... We have this little scene. Insane. <laughs> Between Megan and John, their first sexual encounter. It looks like they're in like a boat, like under. I thought they were in like the a trailer a or something. Oh, her four wheeler. Her 18 wheeler. 18 wheeler. That's what they're called. Yes. Her 18 wheeler. <laughs> her four wheeler <four-wheeler> regular <laughs> car. <laughs> Just a regular car. Um, like, I don't have a license. I don't know how to drive. <laughs> She pulls out literally the biggest sandwich I've ever seen in my entire life. And she's like, oh, you're you're just a hungry bear. I have 
I have this bear sandwich here. You see, you see that flap there and like pulls up the bread of the sandwich. She's like, it's full of meats and cheeses. And she starts like feeding it to him. And then we just cut to- I don't to, like that at all. <laughs> we cut to a shot of her, you know, eating the sandwich off of him and maybe something else. But we cut away and that's the end of the film. <laughs> oh, I got like an extra minute of that. It oh, did like, you? Yeah, she like puts some deli slices on his nipples and she's like- Oh my like, God. I'm, I'm going to eat you up. I'm going to like eat. And she like is like eating the deli slice and his nipple and he's like wow. too hard, too hard. That's what you get in the unrated version, folks. I know I did. I chose to rent the unrated version and- mm. That's what I got. Really, yeah. na- really nasty <laughs> shit. But um, yeah. So um, what'd you think? What'd you think of Bridesmaids? Oh my god, I love this movie. Yeah, I think it's so fun. It was less laugh out loud funny than I remember, but it it's so like fun and enjoyable. And yeah. I think that that's like something I really miss about like the Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig days of SNL where it was just like this subtle comedy that was like so grounded Mm -hmm. but like hilarious and just like the subtleties of the wording. Like there was like a lot of wordplay and witticisms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I I like liked this movie when it came out. Like I remember watching it but I never was like, oh my God, I love Bridesmaids. But I feel like I – got a newfound appreciation for it with this watch because I was just like paying Mm -hmm. much closer attention than I usually do. And I just feel like I was able to appreciate how many great witty lines there are. And I really loved the performances. Like this is such a strong ensemble. Totally. And um, yeah, I was just really, really impressed by – a lot of the the subtext in it and that's where a lot of the humor lies which i really appreciate cuz that's just more my my sense of humor i don't know why mm-hmm. like it never really like stood out to me before this watch but i yeah i really really enjoyed getting to pick up on all these like tiny little moments that are sprinkled, sprinkled throughout totally and i think it's also more relevant for us now that we're older mm-hmm. yeah with, like, her experiences of, like, going to this guy's house and, like, him being a total jerk and then yeah. meeting this guy who's actually really nice. Um, it It is also really rare to see, I think, still um, women who are maybe in this age or even, like, mm-hmm. you know, older being main characters in a movie yeah, just because of the, like, ageism in, in female casting. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. I just think it hits all the spots. It's a great movie to rewatch. It's, like, funny. It's enjoyable. You get, like, some romance in there. I mean, another thing that I really liked is that, I mean, we've seen this with a couple of movies, like, with the the remake of Ghostbusters, which coincidentally starred Kristen mm. Wiig, or, like, Ocean's 8. I don't like the idea of like taking these male movies and like remaking them with all women like i'd rather it just like that's like the point yeah yeah i'd rather just be its own thing like this like bridesmaids is its own thing it's not like a remake of the hangover or anything like that it's its own 
comedic movie that follows like these women's experiences and I just thought it was super well done and like the parts the parts that I didn't like were the ones that men had a hand in (laughs) coincidentally but yeah right yeah I don't know I just I just think it's it's super well crafted I think it's a wonderful movie to watch like for women in like your 20s and 30s like as the whole like wedding fever is going on and everybody's getting married and you're going to like a million Mm -hmm. weddings um and I do love the idea of a movie focused on the bridesmaids and like that that kind of story because like obviously there's 27 dresses but this I think is a much more like down-to-earth realistic oh my gosh kind of view of that experience um and I really I really liked how Annie's character was so flawed and like complex and we got to go on this journey with her yeah definitely then that's also like each person had a different perspective to Mm -hmm. marriage like Rita was married yeah she's been married for like I don't know 10 years or something like a long time and they have kids and she's like I mean, like, yeah, it's going, but mm-hmm. she's not like, it's, she's not like, oh, yeah, every day is the fucking walk in paradise. And I was going to say Kimmy. Becca is like a newlywed and she's like, so like, yeah, everything's perfect, but there's really issues like yeah. with any relationship. Mm-hmm. And Megan is like doing her own thing. Mm-hmm. She's like completely doing her own thing. And even though Annie has a lot going on, She's never once like, oh, my God, I need to get married. She's kind of just like, my life is in fucking shambles. (laughs) Like, there's so many things that I need to kind of take care of. Um, So I just really enjoyed getting different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And it's always nice to see with wedding movies, too, that it's not like, oh, she and Dougie have some big issue. It's like the issue, the central issue in the film is like her and Annie yeah going through her engagement i guess yeah like that's kind of the real central relationship and like love story in the movie is between annie and lillian um and kind of how their relationship is going through a transitional period which i do think Mm -hmm. also is something that's not really talked about a lot because i mean i can only imagine i've never been married but i imagine that like things do change a lot like you're your time with your friends and like mm-hmm. when you're so used to like your friendships being the central relationship in your life and then suddenly that changes um is i'm sure something that's difficult to reckon with especially like if people are moving and stuff like that so i liked seeing that be touched upon and kind of showing the two very different spots that these women are in but how they still manage to like maintain their bond through it all yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great, great movie. Uh, yes. Shall we give her a rating? I think so. I'm going to give it a nine. Very nice. I, I'm i going to give it an eight. I do really like it. It was really good, yeah. but it doesn't quite hit for me among, you know, other nines mm-hmm. that I've given. But it is really, really good. Amazing movie to watch with your friends. Highly recommend. Oh, yeah. Yeah always a blast i think we should do some more um former snl cast member movies well actually our final movie of the month you guys voted 
And a former SNL cast member movie has won because we are doing Father of the Bride starring Steve Martin. Oh my gosh. He was on SNL, right? I think he was. I hope I'm not just lying. I think like he was like in the old. Yeah. Right? Oh, no. Okay. He wasn't. Am I lying? He's appeared on 27 SNL shows and guest hosted 15 times. Okay. Second only to Alec Baldwin. He was hosted 17 times. That's like if he was on a season, pretty much. I think that counts. Yeah. Yeah. He could have been like a star player. Yeah. But I am super excited to do Father of the Bride. I have not seen it in years, like since I was a child. So I am very excited to revisit after all this time. I am excited to, I think, watch for the first time. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Mm. Wow. It'll be fun. We are looking forward to it. And if you want to keep up to date on everything that's going on, you can always follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. And you can send us a good old-fashioned email at moviesthatraisedus at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can also subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, This month, our movie is Easy A. We had so much fun talking about it. We simply Mm -hmm. couldn't get enough. So you're definitely going to want to subscribe and check that out. Yes. That being said, I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.